Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. Welcome back to Relationship. Today, we have the pleasure of introducing you to a power couple whose journey in the world of real estate has been nothing short of remarkable. Joining us are Ray York, a native of Northwest Washington, and his wet wife, Beth Phillips York, hailing from the Midwest. Ray's early years were spent working as family sawmills before he made a pivotal shift into site sales eventually becoming the vice president of sales for Pacific Ridge Homes. Beth, on the other hand, started her career in the art gallery scene in Seattle, leveraging her creative background and later excelling in residential sales as a top producer. Together, they've embarked on a beautiful fairy tale romance, exchanging vows the same year they founded the New York team. They've not only built a successful real estate business, but also mentor and guide a team of top producing brokers. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks for having us. So let's dive right in and let's talk about first how you guys met. And then obviously, since in the introduction, we, as the audience, we all learned that that you guys started your business together the same year that you guys got married. So let's dive into how insane you guys both are for having embarked on the relationship and starting a business in the same year. In the same year. So let's talk about how you guys met. And then how did you insanely decide in such a short period of time going to business together? It's like a double plunge. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we, we met on Tinder. Um, So we had both been married before. We both have kids, uh, previous relationships, and we were on Tinder and actually hard to date when you're in real estate and you know, insanely busy all the time. So online dating was fine. I was actually singing in a band and Ray wanted to come see me sing. So there's a lot more to that story, but uh, he ended up coming to see me sing at a winery where I was singing and sat there for three hours being interrogated by all my friends while I sang. So I love that. So then we, yeah. So then awesome. Started dating, and shortly after that, uh, it was pretty fast because Ray is not uh, one to beat around the bush about things. So, which I also love. Yeah, <laughs> life is too short to you know for all the bullshit. So yes, I love that. He's a closer. He's a closer in real estate. He's a closer in relationships. So he closed me pretty quick. So yeah, what's pretty quick though? What's pretty quick? <laughs> he does not like that question so we met in 15 2015 while i was still an executive for a nationally a national builder which uh at the time was pacific ridge homes they were owned by a national builder and um i was not allowed to date realtors so anyway it was kind of a uh not i wasn't supposed to actually be dating fast. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. Um, so I broke the rules and I dated a realtor. And so in 2016, I was actually fired from that job, not because of dating or uh, Beth, but because oh, maybe. Uh, 
Might have had something to do with it. Wait, can I just ask what what's the reason or the rationale for the rule? I was in a position where I could, uh, where my job was to hire and fire real estate agents. Oh, um, okay. Okay. so okay. it was a conflict, kind of a. It makes conflict. sense. Okay. It makes sense. Right. Okay. So in 16, 2016 is when I was let go. I had a really great idea. I said, hey, Beth. Well, actually, she had a great idea. Ray, you should go into resale instead of going back into new construction. And I went, that's crazy. And so uh, let's do that. So I went into resale. And then I said, hey, you know, people love husband, wife, real estate teams. And she says, that's great. We're not husband and wife. (laughs) <laughs> go do your own thing he's like do you want to be, do you want to be? <laughs> i can't decide if he closed me because he wanted to marry me or because he wanted the real estate team but i will divulge that we were living together at the time so beth again doesn't really love how quickly we i won't say how quickly we moved in together but it was not it was, it, not was a, a, it was like four months we moved in together what after three months three months yeah. See? When you know, you know. There you yeah. go. You know, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not yeah, we got to get to the good stuff quick. So anyhow, yeah, I had my own resale business for a year. She had her. She had had her own resale business for many years at that point. And so then I I continued to push for let's have our own real estate team. Let's have our own real estate team. And she said, I'm not going to be part of a real estate team that doesn't have my name on it. And I said, okay, cool. Well, uh, we're going to start the York team. And she said, okay, well, we can do that after we're married. So we got married in July of 2017, and we started the York team in August of 2017. Awesome. That worked. So give give us a snapshot. Give us a snapshot because, you know, we certainly have our stories. But give us a snapshot of what – starting a business with your the love of your life what does what give us a snapshot of, of year one and like really go there like give us the nitty-gritty because i wanted to gouge his eyes out with a spoon as i tell everybody in the first year it was a shit show so i thought t- she was amazing i thought there was nothing wrong and i thought everything, <laughs> i thought everything was perfect and wonderful and Right. I just don't get where she's coming from. So, you know, it is ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we came from completely different backgrounds because he'd been working in new construction, very pretty, clean, staged, brand new properties where I'm in residential sales. So I see the kids, the pets, the dirt, the remodel, the the staging of homes after, you know, I've seen the chaos. And Ray wasn't used to that. So we'd go on a listing appointment. We'd walk in the house. Ray wanted to turn around and walk out. I'm like, no, no, no. We'll get it fixed. We'll we'll call it. You clear. have to see the vision and the possibilities and the potential in the place, right? We'll protect the identity of the seller. Um, <laughs> in the story. But we went into one of our very first listings together and Beth uh, started to tell the story, but we went into this particular listing and I was having an existential meltdown. Uh, we, we went in and there was crap everywhere. The carpets were gross, hoarder house, just, and I'm just like, what in the hell did I get myself into? How quickly can I get back to new construction? <laughs> This this is a really, really <laughs> bad idea. No, we are not selling this house. Beth, be nice, but we're 
we're out of here. Like, be be the nice version of me, but we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> and like, and Beth, what did she say to you that kind of didn't make you run out the door? Well, she saw me melting down. We'd been together right. long enough that she saw the meltdown happening, and she just kind of pulled me aside. She's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "We're getting the fuck out of here." And she's like, "No, we're not. Just shut up and stand over there." Right. And and she's she's like, "Just be calm," and then I'll I'll let let you take it from there, Beth. But she she took a meltdown ray, which is a force of nature. I am a bull in a china closet at times, and she calmed me down and 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 turn it around i'll let you take it from there my lovely beautiful wife yes, yes. Well, so we, we had challenges like that just the difference of backgrounds and how we approach things because he's all always also had the builder advertise market do all of that whereas an independent broker in residential sales i've done i've been a one-woman show for many many years and everything was on me. I do accounting, I do marketing, I do negotiations, I do contracts, I do farming, I do lead generation. And honestly, in my opinion, I thought he had it way too easy. So the builder just did all that for him. So I had to kind of poke him a little bit and go, no, you are now an independent broker and you have to do all of these things and we have to figure out who's wearing what hats. So I think in the first year, that was the hardest part of well, somebody else does marketing and staging. I'm like, nope, you do marketing and staging. So who's yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, Beth, can you call the marketing department? She's like, yeah, <laughs> it's right here. I am the marketing department. She dialed my phone number. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we still struggle with that a little bit where he expects other people to kind of just get things done. And that's me because I'm the, I'm the organized negotiator kind of, stage or creative person that can handle 18 things at once. So basically she got me to start hucking things out the window into the dumpster. We, re that too. we replaced the flooring. We basically the seller said, here's the keys. Good luck. Do what you need it to, with it in order to make it sellable. Yeah. Right. And the, the story ends, we did sell the house and we were there getting ready to hand the, hand the keys over and I'm upstairs. Beth is downstairs. She yells, Ray. I go downstairs. She goes, the seller left something behind. And I go downstairs and it's the urn. Her the late husband. husband. The late husband. Oh, geez. Was that intentional or unintentional? Ah, maybe subconscious. She was not happy with her ex-husband or her former husband and right. she just kind of left him there and took off to Arizona. Bye. So we ship. So what did you do with the urn? She, she shipped them to her. <laughs> okay. Like, would you go I, I want to take a step back for a second because you're not going to get all of that easily with year one. So when you guys realized that you were starting the business and that you guys had different styles and, and, different strengths and weaknesses. And you were saying we were trying to figure out who was wearing what hats. Cause this is the, all, you know, I always want to know the backstory because that's mm -hmm. how relationship got formed was that I'm like, I'm sick and tired of reading all these books where everybody mentions things in the most general ways. And it's mm -hmm. not real practical. Communicate with your partner. Communication means to you, you know, so take us as the audience on a little journey and describe what it actually looked and sounded like 
Because there are a lot of people out there, let's face it, that are going to be couples in life and in business. And when it's a really scary thing that you're embarking on, because you obviously haven't done it before, that's what I want the audience to take away from this. What does it look like in year one when you guys are sitting there going, okay, who's wearing what hat? Give me the mechanics of it. What did it sound and look like to you, if you can remember? It was a lot of arguing. <laughs> well, no, no shit. Because, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But what, like, what was that moment that you started to feel things were gelling? Or what was the thing or the moment where you said, oh, well, maybe this is your strength and this is my weakness. So now we know at least to stay in our own lanes when it comes to this thing. Like, was there ever that aha moment where everything just became very clear and the the division of responsibilities and duties just happened organically? Or was it one of those situations where you sat down and you're like, I still don't know what the hell's going on. Let's like sit down and talk about it. Like we just had a podcast with a couple that's been married for 58 years. And they said the first step we did when we started our aviation business is we had a goal setting session because the first business that they were in failed because they had false or, or they, unrealistic. They said faulty, faulty, faulty goals. Yeah, they had faulty goals. They said we wanted to go big rather than profitable. Like they thought by automatically going big and expanding, it was going to equate to profitability. And so defective goals. That's what it's defective goals. He said we had defective goals, which is what made our first business fail. So what you know, what was that moment or what were the struggles, the specific struggles? And then what when did you have that moment of, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, if I can give you my aha, I think our biggest aha was our personalities and what we had to contribute. So Ray is the big idea guy. I am the details person. So therefore, he can be the big idea guy. He can throw all these things at me and then I punch holes in them. And I'm like, okay, we don't have the budget for that. We don't have the mechanics for that or whatever. And, you know, he likes to be the big leader. He's a foot taller than me. So he likes to be the big leader guy with the great ideas and the great personality. He's the great, uh, you know, personality person with our clients and things. But as far as getting things done and finding how we get those done, it was put on me, which is great because I love the details and he loves the ideas. So we realized that that was our roles really, you know, he could take on new construction projects. I can take on resale. That's fine. But it was realizing he was the big idea and I was the implementer. I think we knew right away that our uh, personalities complemented each other more than they conflicted each other and we to this day still know that there are spots where there's overlap and conflict if that makes sense right Um, and those while those are frustration points those are also growth points right and it was a meeting we had to have the weekly executive meeting where he wasn't distracted and I wasn't distracted. We're like, okay, these are the issues we have to go over. And sometimes that meeting is 10 minutes. And sometimes that meeting is an hour and a half, depending on who's pulling our attention. But right. And sometimes those meetings go all night because they just (laughs) keep talking about it and talking about it. It just doesn't end. I've had those meetings too. But we have those 17 year meeting. (laughs) I've come from a, from a, an executive position where basically we're, I've always been able to make executive decisions. 
where I say it and so right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what's going to happen, right? Right. And uh, in, in this role, it's 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 not always the way that's going to be. I'm I'm in a partnership now right. with not just in my marriage, but also in my business. And that's that's a good balance for me. And it's been a learning process for me. And that's it's it's made me better uh, and more balanced. Right. Oh, what are some of the frustration points that you guys still go through now? Like once you got through that aha moment and figuring out everybody's roles, what are some of the challenges that you still face today? I would say it's communication. Ray will do things because he's at the office. I'm at my home office. I go to the office once in a while, but I'm not, we're not in the same building every day, all day. He'll implement something. He just, what mojo dialer there's some dialer thing that you just signed up for and i saw it on our budget and i'm like what the hell is that thing i mean he didn't even tell me about it he just signed up for it and implemented it and started training our team on it and i'm like um what is this so it's that lack of communication where he makes that executive decision and then i have no idea what's going on and i have to pull information from him so because he just, he's just a doer. He just does it. And it's fine. He can have his mojo dialer. But, you know, hey, tell me about it. <laughs> no, I experienced that, too, because Justin is extremely impulsive. And there, you know, there's a lot of impulsivity, you know, and a lot of assumptions, which drive me crazy. And usually the assumptions are the things that create the impulsivity. Like, I'll be like, why didn't you talk to me? Well, I just assumed that, you know, and no matter how many conversations I have with him of the assuming, you know, makes an ass out of you and me, that goes in one ear and out the other, over his head, all around, he misses it. And, you know, I don't know. That I assume that you're going to, you should just assume that, to assume that I'm going to miss something or something like that. It's, it's all good. I assume I'm going to get in trouble for this decision and I'm going to exactly. be okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just right. having- I always, I agree with you. You used a different word, but I think we mean the same thing that I think that, you know, conflict is a is just to us another opportunity to problem solve. Um, and I think that, I don't know if you, if you agree with me on that, but, you know, listen, it's, it's not pretty every day. I mean, there are moments you see us laughing, but trust me, I can go from zero to 600 in about two seconds. And my entire office is hearing it and seeing it as it's playing out, but I don't give a fuck. You know, they know who I am, what you see is what you get. They don't take offense to it. They know where it comes from. The only, it, let me, and this is a good question I want to ask you because I'm starting to see a pattern with every couple that we are, you know, interviewing for our podcast. Do you have the ability, and this is really a, a question for Beth because I'm the female in the relationship. Does... You know, I heard one of our guests um, several months ago had said to us, you know, and they weren't actually a married couple. They were just two guys that were, you know, had a partnership together in their business. And I said, you know, how do you deal with conflict, even if you're one of those people that doesn't see it the way we might see it as an opportunity to, to solve a problem? And they said, you know, we deal with conflict in which we will sit down and examine the other person's intent behind the decision that they make. And inevitably, if the intention, if we know that the intention was good, then there really is no conflict, or I should say conflict is resolved. 
I haven't gotten that yet. Maybe it's just that I have an issue with freaking mindset. Maybe I need to adopt a better one. But like, my intention is always there. Tension is always good for crying out loud. We're married. We're in it together. We're we're best friends. But I get it. Intent doesn't always equal excuse for stupidity or right. something like that. I get it. You know. Do you do you have the same mindset I do, or have you evolved a lot farther along in life than I? <laughs> but I don't. You know, it's hard for me. I still will go zero to six hundred, even knowing that his intentions were good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've gotten better as as we've gone along over the years. Um, initially. <laughs> Ray's laughing and I'm not, I want to ask you why you're laughing. But continue, Beth. Continue. She's like, so it's put together like, oh, it's been an improvement. It's been a gradual uh, alert. He's like, <laughs> I've gotten better. I mean, initially it was like, what are you doing? Why are we doing that? That's not how we do it. And I'm like, oh, that's how I do it. That's how, not how you don't do it. You, you don't know what you're doing or you're, you know, whatever. So I've gotten better. Like I, I ask the questions more like, why did you do that? What, tell me more about that. Or what's, what's, ha- what's your reasoning behind this um, instead of just blowing up? But, you know, there are, I mean, I guess I blow up more about money things. If he's just spending money and not telling me, then I get mad. But, you know, if he's implementing some kind of process or whatever, I'll either ignore it or, <laughs> or embrace it. So, yeah. so you do the tune out as well. I, I do tune out. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. I am not I am not anywhere near an executive corporate person. You know, I come from an artistic background. I'm creative. I have a hard time keeping focused. I'm doing 18 things at once. I hate meetings. You can't get my attention for more than 30 minutes. It's really hard for me to sit through meetings. And well, meetings are a little bit of an over. Um, what's the what? What was it? somebody that just said? Was it Gary Vaynerchuk that just said in one of his posts recently? Like, there's no reason why a meeting can't be accomplished in like 15 minutes or less. Any yeah, of these, yeah. you know, over 15 minute kind of meetings are completely, you know, you're discussing things that are all, you know, superfluous and just a redundancy. You know? I don't know how I made it through like college and law school and stuff now because I can't like actually can you sit in the, the lecture for one. Thank you. I can't actually, um, I can't actually sit in like a long term, like, I don't know how I sat for 90 minutes at a time or two hours at a time or a seminar. Like during the summer, I'm the guy that has to get up like 40 times because like I'm the guy you'll start seeing like, like, like the head is starting to cock back. But like, I just, I I don't know what happened with my attention span, but I just went down as we, we, we got on in, in time. And I think uh, everybody wants to sell you on their thing. I have every lender in their book trying to get me into their training classes. And I'm like, oh, my God, if you give me another training class, I'm going to punch someone in the face. Okay, (laughs) very, very very true. I'm dealing with that, too. But I'm not going to let Ray off the hook. I'm circling back. Don't think that. Yeah. So tell me what the chuckle was for. (laughs) <laughs> I was super interested in hearing how she responded to that question because as the person who receives that, who receives that response when she's frustrated with the things that I do, it, it just depends on what I do. It's maybe how I wrote a contract or or the thing that I knew I was going to get in trouble for <laughs> and how she was, how she's going to respond to it. Um, how do you respond to the blow up? Because I blow up many times. How do you respond to the blow up if there is a blow up? Well, if I know it's coming, then I just, you know, 
be like the buffalo and I run into the storm so that it goes by faster. Or <laughs> if I don't know it's coming, then I just hunker down and wait for it to go by. But in general, you pick your battles, right? There's sometimes where if I know I'm right, then I'll stand my ground and I'll make my case for why it's right. If it's if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll own it. You know, I don't. I'd rather be happy than right. I don't have to be right. Uh, that that's not important to me. And and if I'm wrong, I will own it, and I'm happy to be corrected. Hundred percent happy to be corrected. Um, Beth may not hundred percent agree with me on this, but my ego is perfectly healthy. And uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm very correctable. I'm watching Beth's body language and eyes as you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I will say that I'm not always 100% agreeable that I'm wrong, right? But if Subjective but if, as to whether you think you are right or wrong. Yeah, yes. Listen, I'm right 99% of the time. However, however, I'd rather be happy than right. So I just have to let it go. Correct. Exactly. I, I will give him kudos. So, I mean, let's just take writing a contract, for instance. Ray is in it to win it. He'll waive everything. He'll be really aggressive in that contract. And I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? We can't do that. And he's like, I'm on a win. I don't care. And I'm just like, oh. And But he, it it has pushed me to be a little more um, assertive or aggressive in, in my negotiations where I'm a little more conservative. But and I think we handed over keys last night on one of them. I know. And it, it was because you were very aggressive after six offers of failing. So, yes. Um, ironically, so- ironically, ironically, I'm getting texts from an agent who for the same clients who we weren't aggressive with saying, hey, do those buyers want to come back and buy the house that that we weren't aggressive with? Like, no, we just closed on a different house. So anyway, I'm not right. saying right. But I was right. Let's talk about your business. So if what do you think makes you guys or sets you guys apart from your competition? What makes, you know, why should people hire, you know, the York team? Ooh, loaded question. (laughs) Well, I do think that, well, we have a team and not every team is functional. So there's, we've had when our beginning, when we had a team and other agents working under us, it was like, we were more mom and dad than we were the leaders of that team. So they would come to Ray, he'd say no, they'd come to me, I'd say yes. So it was a really bad team scenario. But I think now we've kind of got our team structure and training and expectations of our team together so that we know that our brokers are going to be up and trained very quickly, even if they're new, because we have a system now. So it's really created a better system. And I think with our diversity and our um, backgrounds and our talents together, we are a power force because Ray can tell you the beams in a house and how they were constructed. And I can look at a crazy house and go, oh, we can stage that and it'll be fine. So I'm the artistic. He's the structure. He's the analytical. I'm the creative. It's just like together and with our experience. I mean, we've been doing real estate for 19 years. So we, yeah, I don't know. I think we got it down. What do you think in real estate is the biggest reoccurring problem or obstacle that you guys face in that space the market is it 
clients that have unrealistic expectations? Is it dealing with other brokers? Like what, what is the reoccurring thing? If I, you know, like I could tell you that in, you know, in, in law in a heartbeat, what is that thing for you guys in, in your industry? Finding new clients. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, every client's unreasonable. Every client has an issue. Every client has an obstacle you have to overcome, no matter if they're getting divorced or their house has a lien on it, or, you know, there's rats in the basement. There's always an issue you have to right. overcome. So I, I expect there to be an issue. I'm like, what is it this time? And right. it's finding that new person to sell real estate to, you know, where do they come from? After you've gone through all your friends and family, then where does it come from? Right. Is it all leads that want to send you nudie pictures? Probably not. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy stuff. What have you guys determined to be that source or sources that has really worked for you? And you don't have to answer that because I also wouldn't want you to, feel uncomfortable divulging something that you don't want to, you know, it's a competitive edge. Let's say if you want to uh-huh. share it, share it. Um, if yeah. you don't, that's, we totally won't be offended. No, not a problem. So the market constantly changes. And a lot of brokers are kind of like one trick ponies, right? Well, we'll only, we talk about in real estate, especially in our world and the, in the ecosystem when, which we're in, what are called lead generation levers. So one one company might just do, they might just call uh, expired listings and for sale by owners, or they might go door knocking, or they might just do open houses. We believe in pulling all of the, the lead gen levers because as the market changes, the different lead gen levers work depending on the market. And knowing what's happening in the market matters. So you're pulling the right lever at the right time. For us, uh, open houses are very effective this year and have been, and that's the one that we are pulling pretty heavily right now for our team and and for our own production. And they uh, were not a couple of years ago, especially during COVID. <laughs> so what? Right. Do you, well, yes, and that's and that would be that that was the distinguishing factor. Open house working now and not, you know, in some other. Are there other reasons other than COVID why an open house? may not work as well as other lead generation levers. I think it's location as well. How much traffic are you going to get? How desirable is that house? A lot of factors. I mean, we, we've gotten everything down to a science. Like we'll only do open houses on houses we think will draw a lot of traffic or are in a great location. If they're out in the boonies somewhere, nope, not doing an open house there. So that's well, talked about, uh, Beth talked about Mojo Dialer. Um, that's one of our kind of secret sauce things. It we use we do a thing called what's called circle prospecting for our team, and it's a it's a triple line dialer. Our team will get on there and they'll actually call around an open house they're going to have for the weekend. And in while while the idea is, hey, I'm calling to invite you to the open house we're having this weekend. That's the reason for the for the call really they're going to find people who are actively either searching uh, for a home or potentially looking to sell their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason for the call. Uh, the reason for the call is for the, is for the open house, but they're right. actually going to find someone to nurture through those dials. Right. right. So, yeah. so yeah, that's a lead gen lever. The open house is a lead gen lever. Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we don't have door knock anymore since people are getting shot when they go knock on doors. So we're not doing oh my that. God, crazy, right? It's crazy where we live in now. So I mean, forget about knocking on the door. You get shot pulling into the wrong driveway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing that. We leverage our technology very heavily. We have a very, very uh, robust CRM that we leverage, a lot of internet marketing, so on and so forth. Uh, but really, the fortune is in the follow-up. We we do all the lead gen so that we can then do the follow-up, which then is where the fortune is found. Yeah. And that's where my sales background comes in and Beth's uh, training comes in. She's also a productivity coach. So if we just get them in, we meet the people we haven't met, we get them into our database, then we can put all of our training into to work on those folks and with our team. And then we can then obviously then nurture those relationships and then create the business that makes us successful, makes our team successful. And, you know, it's a big momentum wheel from there. Yeah. You guys been, um, been at this together since with the York team. Six years. Since, since, wait, wait, 2015, right? 17. 2007. Right. You guys yeah. met 2015. So Five, wait, six, I'm years. So six, six years, six years, coming up on so, six years. I think they also used it. Do you guys guarantee like more sunshine in a particular home in the Seattle area? <laughs> if, 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 if you buy this one, I guarantee it's gonna be a lot of sun that comes with this window in this particular house. Yeah, I think that's, that's part sense. of the deal. It's, it's, like in, our, it's in the fine print on our marketing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now that you've been at this six years together, what? would you say is your biggest lesson learned and takeaway thus far? It might be the same both professionally and personally might be different. You go first, Beth. What has been your, your biggest takeaway lesson that you, you've learned thus far in the six years you guys have been at this? Well, I think personally, I, I've just had to change my perspective of how I operate business. Ray is very tech oriented and I went screaming and yelling into the tech CRM database. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll just put them on an Excel spreadsheet. Leave me alone. Yes. Yeah. yes. She doesn't even use Excel. I don't even yeah. I use Word. She uses I Word, Word and Excel. I like, yeah. that's what I'm comfortable with. Don't make me break out of that. But he's, he's slowly got me into the more tech thing and I'm embracing it more. And I'm like, ah, this isn't so bad. So, you know, giving him that kudos that, you know, my way isn't always the right way and that we can compromise and bring each other great ideas and, you know, thrash them around and see if they're going to work. So um, I've actually enjoyed ha being part of a team more than I was as an independent agent because, you know, now I have support and I have other people's ideas and, and things like that. So I just being open to um, new ideas, I guess. Fabulous. I like that. And you? I'd have to say that Beth and I really had a, a really, um, I think a really um, fundamental breakthrough earlier this year. And it really came through some, some really big challenges by other, both us challenging each other and some external forces challenging us. And it came from us having to be facing those challenges and those questions and being humble enough to say, maybe we should do things a little differently. Maybe we do need to uh, internalize and think that maybe we could do things differently. And it really has by doing, by, by, by being humble and making those changes, it has 
in very short order, really improved um, how we communicate, uh, how efficient we are at our business and and um, how successful our business has been really in recent months, both in our own real estate production and also the production of our of our real estate team, the satisfaction of our clients and the efficacy of our of our uh, technology, all of it. And it just really it took us getting to a very uncomfortable place and and kind of looking in the mirror and hearing the feedback and 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 being humble enough to receive it and then do something about it. Very, very cool. All right. Well, we have taken up a lot of time. So I wanted to thank both of you for coming on three lawship today. It's been real. Um, and uh, that's it for today. So I'm going to stop recording. No, no, okay, I'm not recording. For those out there that are in the Washington area, oh, yes. if you want to share with the audience your website or your contact details of how people will find you if they are looking to buy a sell or home in Washington State, not to be mistaken with Washington, D.C. We have to actually say that because... Somebody- upper left. Upper yes. left. So we, right, we are focused mostly in the Puget Sound, Seattle area, but we do expand into the county above, the county below, and on the east side where the fancy people live. So we'll we'll definitely help you there. And it's just yorkteamrealestate.com. They can contact us. So okay, no hyphens or anything, just York Team Real Estate, all one word. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to cernitslaw.com. Call 888-68-DAMAGE or email us at cshanbraun at cernitslaw.com or jcernitz at cernitslaw.com. 